Hey, Rivertree family, this is your missions pastor, Jay Hartsfield, and with me as always is Shay Walton, and we're excited again to talk with another member here at Rivertree Church about her story and about the ministry she does here at Rivertree. So we have with us today, Nicole Hughes. Nicole, it is good to be with you. Can you first just introduce yourself, tell us how long you and Ryan have been at Rivertree? So my name is Nicole Hughes, and I'm married to Ryan, and we've been at Rivertree We started coming around uh, the summer of 2014, so not quite 10 years, getting close. Um, And so we met kind of going into our college years, and uh, we've been married 16 years, and we have an eight-year-old daughter. So where are y'all from originally? Um, He's originally from Richmond, Virginia area, and then I grew up just north of Atlanta. Okay, awesome. So we want to start, I know, just kind of hear your story. I know y'all have adopted a daughter. I know you're involved in that ministry here, but let's go back kind of before that. You're talking about you and Ryan been married 14 years and your daughter is eight, if I'm not mistaken. So obviously many years of marriage before children. Tell us a little bit about how y'all met, where you met, and because he's from Richmond and you're from north of Atlanta, what area? exactly where you're from. Like Gwinnett County, Buford area. Okay, perfect. So yeah, tell us a little bit of that story, how you and Ryan met. Sure. So we actually met. You know what? um, I'm going to stop you before I do that. What I want to know is how you became a Christian. Was that before or after you met Ryan? It was after. Okay. So let's start with how y'all met then and then we'll get to that. Um, So we met at um, the Atlanta Thrashers hockey game. I knew I had been accepted to the University of Georgia and he was already at Georgia Tech and he played hockey on their club team. And they, Georgia and Georgia Tech, were playing after the Thrashers game. And so we had met online. Um, and so we met in person there. I brought my girlfriends and um, went to the Thrashers game and then stayed and watched him play hockey. And so we dated all through um, all through college. And I went to his hockey games all the time. And so you were in high school. I was about to graduate high school. So this guy who was playing hockey at Georgia Tech was meeting you online and you're like, Oh, I got to go check this out. Yeah. Is that how that worked? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So how did your parents feel about you going to meet the toothless uh, hockey player before gosh, you? She, my mom wasn't thrilled about it. Okay. But once she met him, she was on board. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so you go, you meet him. And so you dated him all through college. All through college. And we okay. got engaged my senior year. And um, yeah, so we got married in 2006 and moved here because he's an aerospace engineer. So we've been. So this is the place to be if you're an exactly, aerospace yeah. engineer. So we've been here ever since. Yeah. Okay. So how did he get this? Rare, uh, unique for this area. How did he get into hockey? So he grew up outside Richmond, Virginia, and his dad is actually Canadian. So they just kind of had a natural connection to hockey. And um, there were rinks up there and travel teams. And um, so he just kind of grew up playing travel hockey. And then when he got into Georgia Tech, found out they had a travel hockey or not travel hockey, but like a club hockey team. And so, yeah, he played for them while he was there. And He's enjoying, and he still plays here in Huntsville on like a men's league on Sunday nights. So, so if we want to go watch Ryan Hughes, just destroy the ice. We'll be we there. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's Hopefully awesome. Hopefully not in the penalty box. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So then y'all have met, you've gotten married. So tell us a little bit about how y'all became Christians. Um, so we, so we were baptized in 2019 um, here at River Tree. Ross baptized us. Um, but we actually started going to River Tree about 2014. Um, and I just was kind of, um, just feeling pulled to start going to church. I'd had friends kind of just kept asking and inviting us and just kind of never went. And, um, I had kind of gone through like a, a spell of just, I say depression. I was just feeling really down and just feeling like something was missing. 
And I found myself just seeking out reading the Bible. And so I just, Genesis chapter one, I just started reading and wasn't really sure what I was reading at the time. So you didn't grow up in church, even being in the Um, South? I went sporadically, not like every Sunday. Um, It was not, you know, part of like my home life or anything. So, um, so we started coming summer of 2014 and, um, just really enjoyed the preaching and um, just got to know people. We knew a few people already that were coming to River Tree. And um, so, yeah, we just been coming ever since. So tell me a little bit then exactly like what that you start reading through Genesis. Ryan, is he reading yeah. as well or is he kind of on uh, his own? Journey? No, but he's the one that said, if you want to go to church, I'm, you know, I'll go with you. And so just probably over the next, I'd say two to three years, we just really felt like, um, River Tree was just the place for us and just really feeling like we were, um, this is where we were meant to be and that um, the Lord was just really calling us to um, kind of dive in. I mean, we just, we joined a small group and um, just kind of really started digging deeper and just feeling like um, that we wanted to commit our lives to Christ. And so we did. That's awesome. So had Ryan grown up in church at all or no? No, kind of same situation. Okay. Like they would go, you know, on occasion, but it, like I said, it wasn't... Um, you know, wasn't necessarily part of like our daily life or upbringing. So, yeah. Okay. Very cool. That's neat. I, uh, yeah, it's always, it's, I always love hearing stories about adults that come to faith in adulthood. Cause you, a lot, like when I was at seminary, I remember we were in this one class and the professor's asking about who in the class, um, comes from a believing family. And so he kind of asked this question of, so it's a room full of pastors. There's probably our future pastor type people in there. There's probably 50 of us. And he asked the question, how many of you came to faith before you were 10? And like 75% of the class raised their hand. And then it was like, how many of you before you were 15? And it was all but in a class of 52 or three. And then it was like, how many of you came after the age of 20? And it was two two or three in a class of 50. And I've always been struck by that idea of one, just the importance of kind of raising your kids to know the Lord, but then also the just kind of how incredible it is when somebody as an adult um, makes that decision to follow Christ. So very encouraging to hear that, that that's kind of y'all's story. So tell us a little bit from there. I know Eliza and I know um, if you see wonderful Eliza around uh, the Cove campus, giving hugs to everybody. She'll give you a hug. (laughs) She loves a hug and I love seeing her because I know an awesome hug's coming. She is um, obviously y'all didn't give uh, birth to her. So tell us a little bit about that story and kind of how y'all ended up with this wonderful daughter. Um, so we started seeking out, um, well, we wanted to start a family around 2010. Um, we just kind of felt like we did all the things we wanted to do before we had kids. And, um, so, and then about a year later, we found out that it was not possible for us to have a biological child. And so we had always kind of talked about adoption, just like in general, that that would be something we would be interested in. Um, so at that point, we just felt like we knew that was the next thing for us. Um, and so we found an agency in Birmingham. And so I think it was like fall of 2011, we traveled down there and we got registered, did all the the home studies and everything. And we waited and we waited and we waited. So it was about three, it was three years and three months that we waited um, for her to come home. And um, so we brought her home on March 1st of 2015 and um, she was six days old. And um, so our agency just kind of they take care of the child in between um, birth and um, in Alabama, there's like a six day waiting period for the birth mother's rights to be terminated. And so 
once the birth mother's rights are terminated, they they pick up the phone and they call you and it's like you don't know it's coming. Um, so it was about seven o'clock on a Sunday night and we got a phone call and she's like, you can wait till the morning to come get her. And I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, I'll be there in a couple hours. I'm waiting three and a half. Uh, right. Exactly. Like 12 more hours. So we drove to awesome. Birmingham on a rainy Sunday night and went and picked her up. So, yeah. So what was that like for y'all? Kind of, I, you know, we interviewed the Millers, Derek and Sarah Miller, and they talked about this idea of as they were going uh, to get their daughter, that it was like she was she just, Sarah did such a wonderful job of describing this idea of like, our daughter didn't know that we were coming for her, but we mm-hmm. were like, we were in pursuit of her and the Lord had like given her to us. And so what was that moment like when you kind of walk in there and you're like, our daughter is coming home? Um, it was very surreal. Uh, I think the whole first 24 hours was like a blur. Um, like even when we got the phone call from our agency, we just kind of, we sat there for a second and didn't say anything because it was like, it's really happening. Because um, after three years, you just kind of feel like, is it ever going to happen? Um, so it was really just, I don't want to say numb because I wasn't numb, but it was like shock is probably a better word. Um, and so, yeah, just driving down there, we called everybody in the family and told them. And, um, but we got there and it was just, it was very surreal. Just see this little teeny tiny five pound baby and just think like, she was ours and yeah. that we got to take her home. So the first 24 hours, I think I was just like shocked. I didn't, it was just all kind of crazy. Um, so I think the next day it kind of hit me like, like when she was there in the bed, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah it's just, it's. So did Ryan, Ryan cry at this? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think we were both shocked. Okay. Uh, it was, yeah, it was just a very, yeah, surreal is the the best word I can think that's of. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I know that's probably a yeah. personal story as well, but thank you oh, for yeah. being one to talk about it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so it just, it was exciting. But to think back now, it's like, it's crazy because we just like didn't even have words to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's cool. So now kind of from there, y'all, so 24, uh, I guess it would have been 2015, you adopt Eliza. And then from there, couple years later, 2017, 2018, y'all start coming to River Tree. Is that correct? So we, uh, so we actually started and we didn't realize this until years later, but probably about the time Eliza was conceived was about the time we oh, wow. started coming to church. Okay. Um, so, so it was before that. So 2014, mm-hmm. y'all start coming yeah. to River Tree. Um, so looking back, it's just, it was the Lord preparing us. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> makes me emotional. <laughs> It's okay to be emotional. Yeah, I just really feel like God put River Tree in our lives to prepare us for parenthood and just raising her to know him. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. And I know y'all, we have a daughter the same age um, as y'all and it's a joy. You know, it's like you kind of, um, I know long-term I can't choose my daughter's friends, but also there's a like, you want to push your daughters right. towards certain people. It's like, hey, but that girl could be your friend. Like, yes. yeah. And uh, so I know um, them going to school together and doing that. It, oh, it's yeah. a great thing. So, so obviously now, kind of thinking about what you do now at River Tree, you kind of head up our what's called the bridge ministry. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like you're kind of the way that you felt River Tree has supported you. That you now that's what the bridge ministry does tries yes. to do for other people. So tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about what the bridge ministry is, kind of what y'all do and yeah, and what y'all hope to do. Um, so one of our main goals is just to connect, um, connect the church to foster and adoptive families. 
Um, so one of the big things that I always tell people is even if you're not called to foster or adopt a child, um, that there's plenty of ways to come along and support, um, whether it's just praying for families that are waiting, um, you know, fundraising for families that are, you know, raising money for adoption, um, you know, or even once the child is home, just, just being there, babysitting, bringing food, um, just any of those, any of those kind of ways are great. Um, for families to just feel connected and loved on for sure. Yeah. Now, did that ministry exist when y'all had adopted Eliza? Um, it did. So we actually came to an event years ago. Ryan and I were actually just talking about this today. If it was before Eliza was born or not, but it was or not before she was born, but before we started coming to River Tree. And it was like a big event that was um you know, for the community. And it was um, like different tables set up in the sanctuary where you could sit with a family that had already adopted. And so we sat with um, a family that had adopted, you know, here in the States, but there were tables led by families that had adopted internationally from different countries. And it was really a great event to just like, you know, ask questions and hear people's stories and um, ask all those weird questions that you just can't ask other people because they don't, they don't understand. Um, So we went to that and that was it was before 2015. Like I said, I couldn't pinpoint a yeah. year on that. Um, and then I think the Wessels were leading the ministry when we first joined. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, it's been around for a little while, but um, yeah, I think it's grown a lot too. That's good. So what do y'all kind of, I know you talked about some of the kind of broader things that y'all are doing or hoping to see accomplished, kind of encouraging families, encouraging the body as a whole to kind of get involved. What are some of the more practical ways that y'all are, y'all are doing that, things that are happening? So um, there's there's definitely families that foster that may have immediate needs when children are are brought to them. Um, Or even we had a a family that fosters um, teenage girls and they just had some illnesses and things going on and um, just really needed some some help uh, with, you know, some children that were placed in the home. And so we were able to uh, collect money. There's families that just support the ministry as needed and were able to give us gift cards for the family to just be able to go out and grab dinner or go get, you know, get the children clothes for school or school supplies, things like that. Um, so just tangible things like that. Or if, um, you know, a family brings home an infant that they're fostering, just being able to get them diapers and wipes or a car seat, um, things like that. And then also just gathering together and being in community with other parents that are fostering and adopting and just having that time of fellowship and being able to pray for each other. Yeah. That was one of the things I was hoping that you would mention is I know every, I don't know if it's once a month or once every other month, you guys do like a mom's night out, dad's night out. Yes. So that, and uh, can you just share about that a little bit? Because sometimes we focus on like the moms getting together and having mm-hmm. community. But um, I love that you guys also put a focus on the dads and their involvement in this ministry as well. Yes. So we probably about uh, two years ago, we had um, an event and a lot of the moms were saying, you know, our our the dads really need some community um, with each other. And so we've started having just whether it's, you know, meet over, um, you know, at a restaurant for dinner or just recently they just had a cookout at one of the family's houses and um, just time to kind of share again, like the struggles that their family might be going through um, because it's, it's hard to relate sometimes if someone doesn't quite understand bringing home a child from another country or having a child, um, you know, that their skin color is different from your biological family and, dealing with issues like that or, um, you know, just the different different things that foster and adoption can bring into your family and just having other people that can be in community with you and um, just really pray for you through those situations. So 
We do have a lot of foster families uh, as well in the in the church. And I know that this ministry in particular has just really meant a lot to them for that reason, because you go through so many emotional um, moments of bringing in a child who may be coming from a traumatic situation to then bonding with then possibly losing that child to go back to their family or to another situation. So um, how have you just seen the Lord work using that ministry in those kinds of situations? Yeah, so we actually have um, a family that comes. They don't attend um, River Tree Church, but they come to the ministry for the community. Um, they foster. And um, just recently, she had a child that was placed back with the biological family. And it was a hard transition. Um, but just seeing one, them being so faithful to just their call to foster um, and to accept situations that maybe they initially weren't sure they were open to, um, but just that they were provided for along the way. and. Um, and then just having the community of people that can support that family, um, you know, and to care for them when it's a new child coming into the home and they have physical need. Um, just seeing the the church really show up for them. And um, and again, like we had a mom's dinner a few weeks ago and just praying for her because he the, the child, I think his little boy was getting ready to be placed back mm-hmm. with his biological family. And it was a hard transition for them. Um, because they had gotten attached and the child had been there for many months. So um, just seeing other people really show up with just just meals, random meals or, um, you know, or if they have a child that comes in the home that is Hispanic, you know, we have a um, a mom that um, can speak Spanish. And so she would come over and, and help, you know, talk to the little girl and make her feel more welcome and things like that. Or, um, you know, if you have a child um you know, an African-American child and you're not sure how to do their hair. Like we have, we have moms that come over and just help, you know, in that kind of way. So it's just been really sweet to see all the gifts that people have and how they're willing to give them freely. So I, uh, my family doesn't foster and we haven't adopted, but we've gotten to be a part of the events that you guys have hosted here. Um, And that was one of the sweetest parts of coming in where you guys just host uh, barbecue, you know, the guys are grilling hot dogs, hamburgers or whatever. You've got the water games and the water slides and all that. But the kids just instantly connect. And so it was really sweet to watch that and then get to have like um, the mom who speaks Spanish was actually there Mm -hmm. at that event and got to communicate with a child in her heart language. And so, yeah, that's such a sweet part of that ministry. And so I'm glad that I'm glad that you're able to share that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there any, like thinking about your own story, is there a specific story you can tell about the support that was given to you as you, as y'all adopted Eliza? Um, so we, we were not quite as connected, I guess, during our waiting process. Cause again, we had just kind of started coming to church and, you know, Ryan and I are, neither one of us are um, super extroverted people. <laughs> so it took us a little while to kind of get connected in things. Um, I would say a lot of the support we've really seen has actually been like since she, since we bought yeah. her home. Um, Cause that's when we've been more connected and we've gotten to know other families um, and to just really seek out really like counsel. Um, you know, gosh, the situation's happening. Like what, how did, how did you handle this? What are some things we can do? How can we, you know, speak, speak to our child about this? Like if she's going through something. Um, so we've really been able to connect with other families um, as far as, um, just advice, parenting advice. And because um, it's different when you have a, a child that's um, in foster care or has been adopted. Um, there's just a different lens on parenting. Yeah, you have absolutely. To take. Um, so it's just nice to have that community of people that um, can understand that other layer that might be there. That's so, great. Yeah. So 
if you're if there's people in our church that one are considering fostering adopting, what would you say to them? Um, reach out and email Nicole at MyRiverTree.org um, and we will absolutely get you connected. Um, I've actually had two different people recently just kind of reach out, um, you know, just with battling infertility and not really sure um, if this was a road they were interested in going down. And so we've just gotten together, had meals um, and I was just able to share resources that yeah. the families in the bridge ministry, like places they have gone to for, um, you know, adoption or foster care um, so that they can have resources. When we first started looking, we didn't find a lot. And so it, it felt very like isolating to not really know like where to go and who to ask. And so I just feel like um, having people that can really be a resource and a community for you. Um, so that's definitely um, something that I feel um, is important for me to share my story and to just be that resource for other yeah. people. Um, because I felt like we didn't really have that at the beginning of our journey. So so when you think about, you've got families that are thinking about fostering adopting. what about families in our church that really just don't feel the Lord leading them towards fostering or adopting, do they have a place to get involved in the bridge ministry? Absolutely. Um, there's always something. There's always a family that even if it's just, um, you know, bringing a meal, if, you know, one of the parents maybe is having surgery, we've had that happen and people made a meal train and made sure they had food covered. Um, it could even be, you know, just lawn care if somebody's just having having a, a rough season and just helping out with yard work. Um, but even just going over and hanging out with the children. I know we have a foster family where people will go over and um, just do crafts with the kids and just kind of be there as an extra um, support for the family. And um, uh, babysitting sometimes is a is a hard thing, especially with foster children. But um, yeah, or even if you're just willing to help out with gift cards when someone gets a foster placement, um, there's usually physical needs that need to be met for the child and um, while there's resources in the community, sometimes they're they're limited as far as like what they can provide. So that's awesome. You guys also all talking about date night, and that's how a lot of times with um, fostering, especially after you've been doing it for a while, the kids are a lot of times just in and out of your home, and it can just add a lot of stress on the marriage. And so one of the things that you guys offer, or we try to do, our youth ministry partners with the Bridge Ministry to offer a date night, um, and that's been a really sweet part of that as well. And you guys got to do that this year. Um, and are, do you have any stories or did anybody share about how that has been impactful for them and their marriage? Um, actually I've had several people like on date nights, like we will, we will go, Ryan and I will go out to dinner and drop a lies off and people will text me on their date night with their spouse. <laughs> um, and they're like, thank you so much. We haven't been on a date in six months. Yeah. And so just to know that they're getting time with each other, um, and then I think the kids have a blast because they get pizza, they play games with them. Um, so the the youth like do a great job. They take care of the kids and they have a blast. So like you're not worried about, you know, your child and, you know, they're in a safe place and they're having fun. Um, and then you get to just enjoy, you know, just your spouse and have time for each other. And um, yeah, so I think that's important. And I think a lot of parents just really appreciate that time because it is hard to come by, especially if you're fostering multiple children or have a combination of biological children and foster children in the home. Um, or even like we have one child and it's still, you know, nice to just have a night out that, yeah, or we can just focus on each other. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And do we make you pay for that 
babysitting or is it free? No. <laughs> it's free. I just wanted to make sure before I offered it, it was and like, oh, it's free. children too. Yeah, well, feed them care. and everything. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. it's a neat thing for sure. And it's cool, like she was saying, to see our youth kind of getting involved and really getting some exposure to that world of adoption and foster care to kind of see that and see how they, even as a 16-year-old, can play a part in in that ministry here at the church. Is there anything else, Nicole, you would just like to say to the people of River Tree, just kind of about the ministry or things that you're hoping to see happen in the future? Um, well, we'd love to have you, whether you're fostering or adopting or seeking that out, or if you just want to be a support. Um, like I said, our our families are always looking for, um, you know, people to just come alongside them and, and be there in, in different ways. Um but I would just say, like, I think the Bridge Ministry has just been most importantly um, just a community of believers that you can have fellowship time with and to really know that there's people that can um, just kind of walk alongside you through that journey. So um, even if you're just willing to, you know, sit and listen and just be with someone and pray with them, that's that's just as important as as any any tangible need that can be met as well. well that's great. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um sharing your, uh, sharing about the bridge ministry and kind of what y'all do there. Is there any kind of one last thing you'd like to say, or one thing you kind of wanted to say today that you didn't get out? Uh, go dogs. (laughs) (laughs) You should have stopped. I know. should have quit. Um, I do really appreciate, you know, Nicole, like I know, um, a lot of your story is personal and very emotional. And there are a lot of people that are going to connect with, you guys and walking through infertility and then the weight of, so I really appreciate and I won't be surprised when people hear your story, if someone reaches out. So thank you for sharing and for being vulnerable and sharing the parts of your life that wasn't always fun. And then now getting to see how the Lord has worked and used you, not just your family, but in this ministry as well. So we really appreciate you sharing today. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole. And just so y'all know, Nicole does not get paid to run, run the breach ministry. <laughs> so uh, we're really appreciative. I think if I did, you would have just fired me. Yeah, no, I definitely would not have. <laughs> um, so, and just so people know that not uh, you're doing that because it's something you believe in and have a heart for that. And Ryan also believes in. And so we're thankful uh, for that um, tremendously. And so thank you so much, Nicole. And thank you, River Tree family. Um, I'll see you next time. <laughs>